Hey guys, um, today I want to actually talk about fruit. Fruit in scripture is always identified as basically our action, our decisions, and how we impact people, and then through them how they impact people. A lot of times we don't pay attention to how we treat people. We, we don't pay attention to how we present ourselves, our actions. I mean, sometimes we just want to live our life the way we want to live, but we don't realize how much of a factor that has to people around us. You might have heard this discussion more in churches than you do in like real life. But in scripture, there's plenty of different pictures and imagery that is used for this comparison. The main one is if you were to look outside and you see a tree and, you, and it's in your backyard and it's dying, it doesn't look good. The leaves are basically just are not green. The branch, a lot of branches have nothing on it. I mean, what do you do? I mean, you don't want to leave it there because there's many things that come by by its effect. For one, it could die so badly that uh, one windstorm or thunderstorm, it can fall over and hit your house or destroy a fence. It could do damage. Another thing is that what we don't realize is that trees, because of their roots are everywhere, the idea of survivability is high, so they try to absorb nutrients anywhere they can get. This means that it could affect other trees around you. It could affect bushes and grass. It has a reach that goes and starts absorbing what it can. And you start seeing the effect in the other nutrition around you. Um, for example, my parents' backyard, they had to cut down a tree that was basically dying. You could see bugs trying to plant eggs in there and woodpeckers were coming in to eat the bugs. Like you could see that a tree was not going to live. But the other things I also noticed too was like the grass was also very brown and a lot, a lot, very patchy, and it just seemed like it wasn't doing well. But what I noticed after the tree went down and after they took out the, the trunk, kind of noticed the grass was starting to become greener. It was starting to gain its color back. This imagery is the picture of what it's like when you have someone whether they're a pastor, a boss, a leader, yourself, or friends, anybody can be this example. And it's a tree that doesn't bear good fruit. In fact, you're more like a disease than you are someone who's actually impacting. It doesn't matter how nice you are. It doesn't matter how friendly you are. It really does not matter what kind of kind things you may do. Your fruit does not bear what you're doing. Throughout the years, I've been able to meet many different types of bosses. I've been able to get to know different types of pastors. I've been able to get to know different types of men, women, whatever it may be. And I've been able to really see what type of person people can be by the way they talk to me, by the way they talk to other people. Um, how they act, um, are they willing to help out or not? Um, I see it in, if they like if they work at a job. If I were to see them work, I can see how they treat other people. You see, our fruit 
represents our walk heavily. So in John 15, if you make the time, I would probably read that whole chapter and really study up on it. But the, the essence of the first part is I am the true vine, which is talking about Jesus. Um, verse one says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You see, guys, I think we struggle a lot in understanding what it means to abide in Christ. We think that being a man has to be manly in the sense of appearance, looks, um, the people we hang out with, prestige we have, the power we, we can have, the money, the, the toys that we have, the hobbies that we do. We, we, we chase after our, our definement on those things, like we've talked about in the American Dream. But the truth is, if you abide in Christ, he abides in you, and that means he will bring out a true manhood about you. But here's the thing. I think today we find a lot of men who appear to be Christian at church. Somewhat when people come over, they, they appear this appearance of being a Christian. But in reality, the fruit that they're bearing is not godly. It's not of integrity. It's not of morality. It's not holiness it's not righteousness it's not walking in truth it's walking in the world i, I we, we we try to play the part of doing both worldly things and godly things and expecting our godly things to overtake our ungodly things but that's not how it works guys you see our sin separates god us from god so if you abide in the world then you're separating yourself from what God has for you. If you're chasing after unholy things, you're separating your relationship from God and you can't hear him properly. You, you don't understand things. You get easily confused. I mean, one of the best things that the enemy can do is get you to start not spending time with God so that they can influence you with things they want you to think. They want you to compromise. They, they want you to say, oh, it's not really that bad. Why do you think that we have the struggle in our Christian culture right now of accepting like homosexuality as okay living style versus what scripture actually says about homosexuality as, as a sin just like stealing and murder? Or how about, well, it's just a white lie. As long as I'm not hurting anyone, then it's okay to do it. See, we start compromising sin and devising it as a level system. So as long as I don't murder, it's okay to do a white lie. As long as 
they live the way they want where where they're at they'll be okay see the thing is we don't understand that sin is a horrible and terrifying creature it destroys you it's it's what we're enslaved to and it's only by the grace of god that he sent his son to die in our half why because if he did not many 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 more people will be going to hell because i mean today we're not following the guidelines of the jewish law by any means but he knew if he didn't send his son that we would not find the grace that we need to be able to be in heaven with him he doesn't desire anybody to go to hell so that's the thing your fruit represents your walk I, I just don't get it when I see people who live the life they they want, but use, hey, but I'm a Christian, quote unquote, because I accepted Christ, so therefore I'm not going to go to hell, as the reasoning for why they go and sleep with other women, why they go get drunk on a daily basis, why they don't try to work, why they uh, spend most of their time doing their hobbies and less time with family, why they don't get married, why they'd rather live with a woman so that way there's no true commitment with her, so that way they can leave whenever they feel like it's over. It's why they don't know how to take care of their families very well. It's also why men struggle being men because they chase after what they think it needs to be. I got to get my boat. I got to be able to be recognized as this powerful man. I, you know, I got to keep up my honor. You know, if someone's going to disrespect me, I got to let them know who's boss. That is not biblical. That is not being a man. Because here's the thing is, there's going to be false teachers and prophets all around us all the time. And they are considered ravenous wolves. Okay. These are wolves that are walking around and they're going to be teaching stuff that is not going to be hundred percent biblical. There's going to be enough biblicalness to it, but they're going to make you think everything they're saying is true. Why? Because they know you don't study your scriptures. Okay. In Matthew 7, starting in 15, it's a group of verses that have really impacted me a lot in my life because I've seen wolves and I've seen bad and false teachers and, and prophets and, and leaders and churches that have not been good examples, but I've also seen bosses that also do act like this in a lot, a lot of ways too. And I've seen friends who act like this. Okay, I've, I've witnessed this. But it says, beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them. Now, I understand this. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? You got to understand this. Okay. Or figs from thistles. So they're talking about, will these good fruits be seen with the weeds? And the answer is no. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Okay, guys, get this in your heads. If you don't study your scriptures, if you don't spend time with God with prayer, you don't listen to sermons to keep encouraging and building yourself up, you don't spend time with other Christian men, you don't 
uh, recognize that you are a sinner and you need to repent of your sins right now. Any sin that you can think of on top of your head, repent. If something has been controlling you, repent. Guys, your fruit is depicted by how you live. And you can choose to continue to walk in this path, but you're never going to bear the fruit that God wants you to bear. And if you're not careful, you will become a diseased and bad fruited tree. And it will be seen not only by your actions, but your family, especially if you're a dad, your kids will start bearing that fruit that you bared. And they will be more confused when they're challenged to be more when they thought what you were doing was enough. And it's going to be for any man who's a single guy. You think that, oh, I'll, I'll shape up my life when I'm married. But guys, it starts before marriage. One of the things I teach guys is if you want to be a, a man of God and you want to be a husband, don't wait until you get married to figure it out. Learn it now. How do you treat other women? How do you treat your mom? How do you treat your sister? Do you study up on what it means to be a man of God who is going to be a husband? There's plenty of books out there to read. Talk to your pastor. Talk to men in your church. Talk to a man that you know and see how he treats his wife and you want to you want to be like that for your wife in the future. Meet with them. Talk with them. Ask them questions. Because those are the opportunities. Those are That's what mentorship and discipleship is all about. You want to grow? You ask. You find people that walk in the way that you want to walk. And you ask them, how do I get there? This is an opportunity, especially for single men. And if you are currently married and young and don't have kids, how do you? How are you ready to treat your wife on a daily basis? How do you represent yourself to her? How do you treat other women when you're around her? See, guys, our fruit is seen on a daily basis by what you do. And these false prophets and teachers and, and leaders are going to be recognized by their fruit. And the thing is, you got to understand. You understand that it says, who come to you in sheep's clothing. So that means... They appear to be what you think they should be. And if you can't recognize them, it's because you don't understand your scriptures. Because it says right after, you will recognize it by their fruits. You need to know your scriptures to be able to recognize that. Because just because it seems right, it seems okay, doesn't mean that it's right. You know, one of the things I learned in my studies with, with ministries and churches is just because you start a ministry in your church and it's a good idea, if the church didn't pray about it, the leadership didn't pray about it, they met, they didn't meet with you properly, and you didn't follow the bylaws and basically the view that the church has, your idea may not be a good one for the church. It doesn't mean what, you, what you're thinking or, or what you're wanting to do is wrong. It just means that it may not fit the demographic of that church as a whole to be able to recognize what you want to do. It's the same thing by actions. you got to be careful because what youth may think is right in your heart, it may not be what God wants you to be doing. That is why you need to go and ask God about it. So in Psalms, it, it, 
Psalms 1, if you ever want to memorize one psalm, I would recommend memorizing Psalm 1. Okay? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. You understand that means he spends time studying God's word. He spends time thinking about it. So that means it's not just a word or a phrase and reads it once. He thinks on what he's read or what he has heard in, in, in a way that allows him to be able to uh, speak properly or to live a life that he's supposed to. So his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its seasons. And its leaf does not wither. So you understand that it's planted by streams of water. The picture of water is actually Jesus Christ or walking in truth. So its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff in the winds drives away. So chaff, when you would uh, basically harvest it's for flour, the chaff is the outer part of the flour, or the uh, not flour, the wheat. Excuse me, for flour, the the wheat had like a, a casing that's over. That's the chaff. So when they what they would do is they put all the wheat on like a blanket type, and then they would throw it up in the air. Okay, when it goes up in the air, the chaff, the wind would just blow the shaft off. And then the seed will land safely back on whatever they lift, they launched it up from. Okay. So the picture is that that shaft is those that aren't going to be walking in right righteousness. Those are the wicked. Okay. And they will blow away. So it continues. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish. So the, the imagery is, guys, that our sin nature, our, like our, our, us walking in ungodliness and, and unrighteousness, it will take us down a path of destruction. There, there's no doubt about it. So we can either choose to continue to walk that path and take our family down that path, or we can choose to change. It is never too late to change. This is the one thing I want you to learn also today is that it's never too late to change. Never think that your decisions because of what you made in the past can never be reconciled by what Christ can do in you. You're never too old. You're never too young. Even if you wish you were a better dad and all your kids are already grown up does not mean you can't start today and be a better dad. Because your fruit, the way you change, will be recognized by your kids. It doesn't mean if you are a married man that you've made too many mistakes and you hurt your wife really bad that that you can't change and fix what you've already broken. Okay, this today could be a day for you guys where your your walk can be different, but it starts with you asking God to change you. Is not a magic wand. There's not a prayer that you could say that's going to change everything. It's a willingness every single day of being willing to allow God to change you 
to move you and to help you bear the fruit you're supposed to. So many of us have put ourselves in a situation where we feel like we can never do well. We can never change. We can never discover what God has for me. I've made too many mistakes. No, it's the whole point. Christ died for you. Repent. Ask him to change you. And then start bearing the fruit you're supposed to. You should not be a different person at church than you are at home. You should not be a different person when people are over your house than when they're when you're they're not at your house. You should be the same type of guy wherever you're at. You should be recognized by your integrity. You should be recognized by the way you speak and talk to people. You should be recognized by the, the way you live your life in a righteous way. All this cannot happen unless you abide towards the vine, which is Jesus. You can't accomplish this on your own. The world and enemy wants you to think that all you have to do is just be the manly man that you need to be and you'll be able to be the man you're supposed to be. This is a lie, guys. Don't don't believe it. Repent from that. Allow God to show you it does not make you weaker. It makes you stronger when you do. It does not make you a lesser man. It makes you more of a man. All Jesus wants is for you to abide in him. Let him transform you. Let him mold you into what you're supposed to be as a man. Remember these verses, guys. Go back through them. Memorize Psalms 1. Um, recognize that for you to see the, the corruption that may be around you by people who maybe influence you and wrong, the only way you can see them is by knowing who God is, by understanding who Christ is. Spend time. Like I've said many times, start out 10-minute prayer every day. And then next week, try 15 and then move it to 20. And you know, keep pushing yourself to spend more time with Christ. Because that's all he wants you to do. Spend more time in prayer. Spend. I mean, if anything, prayer is huge in your walk. I think that's the number one thing that we keep forgetting to do in our lives. We don't spend enough time in prayer. The next thing... Challenge yourself in memorizing a verse or two a month if you need to. And then maybe next month, try two. I had a friend, he spent almost like three weeks straight memorizing probably four or five, six chapters. It was amazing. I struggle with memorization. But the thing is, that word is hidden in his heart now. And that's how that's what happens. The more you invest in God, the more time you spend in his word, more time in prayer... <clears throat> that stuff gets hit in your heart and it starts presenting itself in your in action of how you live. People start seeing that. That's why a bad leader, the fruit that we see is bad because we see how, how, how it reflects onto his workers. We see it, how it imp- impacts people that come into the business. You can see it where they act one way when the big boss is not here but when the big boss comes to visit, suddenly they're a team player. I had a, I had a, a manager lady that did that at Sears where she treated everybody like crap. But then when the big boss came in, suddenly she wants all of us to team up with them. You know what happened? Nobody would help her. Because what fruit she was bearing was not what was being reflected when the big boss man was here. That's the same concept, guys. Jesus is everywhere. 
every day when you wake up, you should always be remembered that Jesus is with you. Reflect that. People should be able to see you and watch you and see that there's something different about you. They should be able to say, yes, that guy knows Christ. That guy is a man who walks with integrity. That's a man who wants to be righteous in all of his actions. That is a man who loves Jesus. You can, you can hear it when he praises his name. You can see it when he prays about him. You can see it in how he treats other people. Because the thing is, guys, your fruit will show it. And this is this is what this is kind of counter for what I said about just because you're a nice person is that, that doesn't mean that you're a Christian. That's true. Because the fruit is not being nice. The fruit is how he presents himself and how he is. Because I don't know about you, but you ever had someone say, you know, that oh they shake their hand and say, Oh, nice to meet you, but then they never talk to you again. You know, the or it's more mostly about them than it is about you because they they all they think about is themselves that's the difference being nice is not the verb in this thing it's the actions beyond that beyond being nice so if you want your fruit to bear christ do what i said already look at these verses again pray about it ask god to, to forgive you of your sins that, that it could be keeping you from seeing him clearly and then to get to know him I'm going to pray over you guys. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the men that are going to be listening to this podcast today. I pray that you will mold their hearts, change them, help them to see you clearly, help them to understand you, that they may repent from any sins that are blocking their, their relationship with you, that they may be willing to change their life for you, that they will abide in you, Lord, that you will give them the strength they need for today that you allow them to be able to turn from whatever is keeping them from seeing you. I pray, Lord, that you will move in these men's hearts, that you will transform them, that they will see more of you on a daily basis. So today, Lord, put your Holy Spirit on them. Let them be able to feel your presence, that they can ask the questions they need to ask about how they can bear the fruit they're supposed to. Move these men to be men of righteousness, men who walk upright, men who seek out integrity, men who want to walk in righteousness and Christ-likeness. So today, Lord, I ask that you build men of God who want to be warriors again and that you transform them. I pray this in Jesus' holy and heavenly name. Amen.